Hello and welcome to the Vibe Union Podcast, chatting with Melbourne musicians, creatives and keeping an eye on the scene. I'm your host for today, Rath, because we're doing things a little different. We're doing a bit of a changing of the guard. Uh, Dilly Dave has been your wonderful host for uh, the past, I don't know, a few months and he's been absolutely killing it. Um, but unfortunately, just time restraints. So we're now going to change things up a little bit. So we're going to do audio-only podcasts, but we're going to have a rotating uh, roster of hosts, um, which is going to be cool. And we're going to keep the interviews going. That's what it's all about, chatting with Melbourne musicians, creatives. Eye on the scene. That's what we're all about. Um, now, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. These are stolen lands that we're living on. We pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. There's a lot of dark history, and we need to be more, more aware of this in this country. We can all play a role, not only in that awareness, but in action towards a better future for us all. I'd like to welcome our guest today, and I'm very excited, for I've been working hard with this boy over, some, uh, over the past few months. <laughs> this is my podcast voice. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Welcome, Jason Voss. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Jason Voss, a.k.a. username unknown. He is an OG viber. He's been with us almost from the very, very start, which is very, very cool. Um, been along for a crazy ride that is Vibe Union. Mm. Uh, he is our MC at Talking Blue, which is our um, fortnightly event at Blue Bar in Paran, Chapel Street. Um, yeah, poetry with beautiful music backing it, open mic, amazing. Oh, it's so good. It's our favorite. It's probably, it's also now our longest running event. We just True, hit yeah, our yeah. one year anniversary, uh, just a couple of weeks ago and it was our biggest one yet, which is very exciting. Oh boy. And to top it all off, Jason has just released his new EP called Sky Daddy <laughs> and it's amazing. The beats, oh, the beats. I produce them. They're great. Um, and that just released, and he is doing a... Uh, we're launching this thing alongside Dilly Dave's Sky, uh, Milky Bar Kid EP. I produced that one as well. <laughs> Cheeky plug for me. Um, that's all gone down at Cactus Room. Now, unfortunately, this will go out after that event <laughs> happens, so I wish we could do a retrospective or a big plug, but unfortunately, we can't. But what we can do is talk about your new EP. So... You're new to the recording process. You've been a poet for most of your creative life. Um, how have you enjoyed the recording process? What did you find difficult about the recording process? Let's start off right there. Uh, I don't think I can match that energy at the moment. Um, well, sip on your beer and we'll, 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 get, through, we'll get through this together. Um, how did I find it? Yeah, it was, it was different. I, I think mm -hmm. uh, so when I first started, I um, was it sometime last year. 2021, mm -hmm. I think. I uh, before we had your before I had uh, Rath's beats. Um, I just uh, I want to start doing gigs. Um, after like after doing poetry, I want to you know do a, do some rapping and be a hip hopper. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really know where to get beats from, even though that I knew a couple of produce producers yes um <laughs> uh, producers of uh produce and i just found some youtube beats and was just writing to them and then i was like okay well i'll record them for the sake of recording to see mm -hmm. what it's like and basically did nothing with them mm. and then i'm like okay well and then i think you could just come up with a ton of we, well, there was a lot of projects that that were going to happen that never happened that yeah. you know lockdowns hit and things just didn't happen so there was a 
variety of beats that we had mm. just sort of sitting around. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just um, I'll make I'll, I'll milk from the uh, mu- music <laughs> teat, if you will, um, and I'll take I'll take a few drops. It and, is a um, subtle teat. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's the name of my next album. Uh, my actual my first album, subtle. Supple? Supple. Supple teeth. Supple teeth. Um, I think there's a good lesson in there is ask people for things. Yeah. You, I also, it took me a long time to find another producer that I could rap on um, their beats. Uh, and then same thing. Sixpence just dropped a giant folder mm. of beats. I was like, oh, yeah. there we go. We had, he, he had stuff all along. And what would have happened if I had just asked a little bit earlier? You never know. It's um, a big folder too. Ask your producer friends. Yeah. They've got beats hidden away. Um, best to pay them, but you know, if you can't, <laughs> fuck, ask them anyway. Ask them anyway. Um, okay, cool. So that's kind of your little, that's, kind of, that's how you got into it. Mm. Um, how did you find um, the transition from poetry to rap? So obviously there is rhythm in both, but you've got to be a lot tighter when you're rapping. And there's a lot more rhyming, um, generally speaking, unless we're doing old nursery rhymes um, on, um, on mm. the po- Talking Blue stage. So what have you learned from doing rap that has influenced your poetry? And what do you think... Starting with poetry, how did that influence your rap? Hmm. Yeah, I think when I first started, I was just right. Yeah, I had the beats, and I was um, even the, the the ones that you gave me when mm. I first started. Um, I just wrote, and oh yeah, this kind of fits. But then when going into recording, mm. I noticed that you know, in, in, if you don't have just if it's not a standard like four bars here, four bars there, mm-hmm. you kind of have to, when it comes to recording, you kind of like, oh yeah, I've got three lines here and then I do a little weird thing here and I've got two lines here. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just like, why? And sort of now it's like, oh, it's just so much harder to actually record. I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just like, oh, I think this is three, technically three bars, but then I have do something and then there's another line here, but then like mm-hmm. I should have just done this and that. And then, um, so yeah, now for so from the like I always used to rhyme, or I still do, not all the time, but my poetry used to rhyme nearly all the time. Yeah, and that was fine. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's call it a wrap. Yeah. Then. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I used to when well, the poetry it was completely different to my to my um, my rapping, but it, mm. yeah, it just I just when I perform it, just was most of it would rhyme anyway, just mm-hmm. how my brain worked and. Um, I still remember I was at a poetry competition. And someone went up to me and was like, "Oh, you should start rapping." I'm like, "Lol, um, that's <laughs> no," because I'm like, "That's uh, you know." To me, it was just just uh, in another sea of SoundCloud rappers that, mm-hmm. and I kind of think, "I'm like, well, where am I going to do that? I don't have a recording thing." This is before I was um, knew anyone with um, mm-hmm. anyone Vibe Union. So I'm like, "Yeah, no, nah, I'm all good, thank you." And then um, obviously progressed from there. But now, yeah, uh, now sort of hearing back and through the recording stuff, I'm making it a lot easier on myself mm. by structuring it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, I got four 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 bars here. Um, I even know the lingo now, bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, the term, bars to, the bars. bars terminology drives me nuts though, like starting as, um, as more of a musician than becoming a, a rapper myself. Um, like bars can technically be like two bars of music though. Yeah, this is true. And then this is true. one bar of... Yeah. Um, of, of lyrics, anyway, dressing that's. I guess, yeah, I guess for someone who's inept at playing any instrument whatsoever, it's um, a great measurement. It, yeah. it, it, it the lingo makes perfect sense, um, and it's just me being. Um, yeah, and let's see. I got yeah. You, <laughs> when I when I got yeah when I was able to um, get the beats on the on my EP, it was yeah. I just I don't know. Yeah, one song was a bit more of a 
it's not a spoken word, but there's no chorus, there's no hook. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. straight through. And then um, sort of that was the first one I wrote. And then so I've been writing for these songs for over over six months now, mm-hmm. or even nine months. I don't know whatever it is. Um, and so yeah, time has been weird. Yeah, yeah, time's not a thing years. anymore. Uh, so doing yeah, in and out of lockdowns last year, trying to mm-hmm. record and then write and then sort of once. So once yeah, once I just basically wrote them all, and then I was like, okay, come to record. I'm like, well, I've already written to this, so I'm not going to change it. But then mm. I just yeah, did notice the okay, well, I could just make it easier on myself if um, if I <laughs> just structure a little bit better, and mm. um, and also me me being me, I was like, oh, having a chorus all the time and a hook, this is wasted space. I could be saying a lot more stuff. But I think that you mm. told me you told me it was like sometimes a chorus is good because it gives the listener a break from yeah. But then also I'm like oh, I don't care about them. But also I'm like, I, <laughs> but also I'm like they're the ones listening, so I do in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's different. Obviously, there's different um, audiences that want different things, yeah. and that has taken me a long time to adjust. I feel like we've actually had very similar uh, paths in in our writing, and in fact, very similar styles. Um, uh, though I, I think I've changed mine up a lot now, but um, definitely have been very. Lyrically focused, wordy, mm. poetic. Um, lots of nice big words. Um, but <clears throat> I guess like for the for the audience that you're looking at, um, I mean, you're. I, I know you so so I can probably list off your influences off the top of my head anyway. <laughs> but so like Rhyme Say is, is is probably your main label that you go to for artists um, in terms of primarily influences. Would you say? Yeah, so that's that's been the main one, and I just um, I've found some random. You know, like if you go to Spotify, just be like, you type in some random, you know, mm-hmm. underground hip hop or whatever jazz hip hop or something. It'll yeah. come up with a random list, and you'll listen to it, and you're like, okay, well, half of this is not my thing. And then yeah. sometimes you might get a a random, that's interesting, a random little rose amongst. The I love thorns. hearing different ways people find music because um, I've never used Spotify in that in that fashion. Yeah, I just was like, okay, I'll just try to find something different because I'm like, I don't really, I can't pick one artist I would listen to right now. Yeah. Let's just find a random thing and then you know mm. there's, a, there's a lot of skipping but sometimes yeah. you're just like oh mm. okay I'll and then you just find a discography of someone that mm. you know that that rhyme sayers crowd though uh, and we're talking people who listen to um brother ali and aesop rock being their easily their their biggest um famous artist is he still on rhyme sayers i think he is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's yeah. um did a garbage time mm. a couple of months ago. Yeah, true, true, um, true. So Aesop Rock, one of the, uh, you know, probably the, regarded as maybe the most lyrical hip hop artist yeah. on the planet. That's even just a fact, uh, kind of. If you if you just like, there's there was some um, kind of, what do you go gathering of data comparing, just different words per minute, yeah. disregarding you know and they their blah blah blah. All in, that kind uh, of stuff. Unique words. Unique yeah, words per yeah. minute. Um, Aesop Rock leaves them all in the dust. Um, <clears throat> but he has a habit of doing very long verses that are extremely wordy. They're extremely hard to understand what the hell he's talking mm. about. But that crowd loves that. They love going mining. This is a, a term that I've thought uh, I've used for a while. Is just well, that's a good yeah. That's people a good way to- want to. They want to repeat over and over again. Listen through the verses over and over again because, like, oh, how? Hang on, hang on. That word that does that connect to that? Is that on purpose? Is is this all connection? Wait, hang on. What is this reference? I don't know this reference. Oh, it's a reference to a to a bloody a poem from the from the 1300s by this some French dude. <laughs> like whatever, just like random 
bits and pieces, like try and find that depth in the writing. Um, however, then to grab the attention of the average listener when mm. you're at an open mic night or a Melbourne showcase, what have you. That's where that's where the chorus, that's where the hooks yeah, that's, really come in. Yeah, the, the more I've been going to uh, gigs and shows and I've been mm-hmm. like, you know, just li- listen to other people. I'm like, oh, I don't. I might not know the lyrics, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I can still, I can still just like bop along to the beat. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, mm. I might have to. That's another actually. That's another point, especially at this stage of um, of performance. Um, you know, we're 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 amateurs. There's no there's no getting around in terms of like the scale of our performance, the scale of our of the venues and gigs we can play, mm. and a lot of them. Um, though we pride ourselves at Vibune to do pretty bang in the sound at, at these events and try and get vocals as crispy, clean as mm. possible. But we've all been to many a hip-hop gig where it is almost impossible to understand what the rappers are saying. And some venues are just like that. Some venues are just, uh, it's just unfortunate that it just cost a lot of money to treat your rooms properly mm. and to get a decent enough system. And some places you just can't hear what they are saying. And uh, that's... Where here's something actually, because um, we've we've both agree- we've both had a chat about this um, when we've been to Laundry Bar, and Laundry Bar is a place where you will often find rappers who are rapping over type beats, YouTube type beats, and they will leave their main vocal channels in. So you are listening to you are basically they are basically plug- plugging their phone in with Spotify. It might be off a USB or what have you. It doesn't really matter. The point is, it's basically the Spotify version playing, and they are just rapping over top of it. And you can even see they take the mic away and they're having they're just kind of bopping around the stage, and it's real like you could they don't really need to do anything mm, with vocally. That's true. That frustrates me to no <laughs> end. However, I have recently seen a couple of artists do it that put on such a show, have so much energy on stage, who are who are getting people hyped up, who are jumping around, throwing themselves around, and it it makes me realize that I, I still would prefer I would prefer it if they weren't doing if they didn't have their main channel in there. But especially in these smaller venues, in terms of actually getting the audience on board, there's a whole other art form to not just being a lyrical genius or having the best beats or bloody what have you, but an amazing performance, huge energy, mm. and really, really catchy hooks, which is really, really hard to do. Some people make amazing hooks and terrible verses. Some people write mm. into incredible verses and, and great hook uh, and terrible hooks. Um but yeah, they're two very different um, uh, skill sets. But I think that comes down to, for me personally, it's mm. um, how you, uh, yeah, it's how you how you perform it and like your stage presence. But like you kind of, for me, you'd have to, you need to work the crowd in a way that you've sort of proven yourself that you know you've done one or two songs that yeah I can just mm-hmm. I, I can do this I can rap I can do all this lyrical stuff mm. I can do X Y Z now. I've got you. I've got you on my side. Yeah, um, yeah. I've yeah. Um, uh, uh, a certain um, a certain famous rapper was talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, that uh, 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 brother Ali was talking about this, yeah. um, and he was because someone asked him a question. It was like, you know, how do you get like you know what, what do you do if you're starting out and you know smaller crowds and stuff? And he's mm-hmm. like, don't put the mic out and get them to chant stuff if oh, they don't yeah, know your yeah, song. Yeah. Um, he's like sometimes just either get a uh, 
do a cover of um, like you know you, you, he used I think he used Fifty Cent's um, in the club. Mm-hmm. It is just like everyone knows the beat, everyone knows the song, yeah. And it's like you can rap over that to start with and to mm. prove to people that, or you could do your own song. If if I said like um, enough people know who you are in even Melbourne, people will know your music and stuff. Yep. And you do a couple of songs, and then you can. I, for me, that's just me. And then you can, mm. then you can just um, relax a bit more, and everyone's like, okay. Mm. We, we, you've you've sort of proven that you can actually rap. It's for the people that might might be just going to that bar for the sake of going to a gig. They mm. don't know who um um who is there. So it's like, okay. Now you've got me on the side, and mm. oh, oh, you can take more liberties now instead of yeah. At the start, to me, that's just like okay. Well, you, I think I'm good enough now, and you should just know who I am, and I can just do whatever. But you know, I'm a, I'm that's, a massive cynic, so that's so true. Actually, um, I, I really like that because yeah, I. Because I've definitely seen that as well, like those same rappers that I'm talking about where they all have um, that huge amount of energy and the crowd might be 10 people and it feels yeah. really weird. I like scaling things. When it's appropriate, jump around, go crazy. But yeah, I like to be. I like having that skill set to be able to actually scale to the venue, to the um, audience, to the vibe on the night. Um, I think the main... I think kind of the main point here though, like is... Because I... <clears throat> I used to have, I think we all start with it. I think we all, I think a lot of people end with it still as well. Um, that mentality of like, I'm the artist, I'm the creative. I did all this work and I made yeah. a thing and I'm really, and it's really, and I'm really proud of it. Um, so I don't really feel like I need to do anything more than just kind of play the thing. It's like <laughs> that, it's like that um, kind of classic, uh, I wouldn't say, say stoner rock, but like, um, there's artists out there who will just phone it in, essentially. They're playing the songs. You're here to sit, hear their songs. Maybe they'll face away from the audience. I've, I've, I can't remember who it was. There was a famous artist who would oh. often face the back of the room. It wasn't, was it Jim Morrison? No. That's it was someone along those lines. Um, I'm sure there's multiple. I'm sure there's multiple artists who used to do it. Um, and, it, you know, at a certain point, if you're Jim Morrison, I guess you can kind of do whatever the hell Jim Morrison wants to do. But... I like showing the audience a little bit more <laughs> more respect, and I think that actually goes into your writing as well, um, and learning that it is art. It's a, it's a, it's purely it's a purely creative process, and that's um, important to not lose sight of that. And I don't want to push anyone into like just writing pop music, mm. but also finding that nice middle ground of um, of treating the audience. Um, Try and give them these lines. Try and give them their entry points. Uh, yeah, I think entry point is a really important kind of term, for, especially for up and coming, is to what, what is the thing people immediately grab onto when they hear your music? Um, this is not also directly at, directed at you. I've just, went, I've just gone down no, this fine. rabbit hole. No, it, 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 I think it reminds me of another... Um, I think I told you once before, uh, mm. someone um, going back to his, uh, Brother Ali... Um, what do you want to call it? A seminar mm-hmm. thing. Um, someone also asked. He's like, "Oh, I've been doing doing gigs, blah blah blah." And I had a gig in front of like fifteen hundred people. He was in a he was in America, um, and he's like, "Because they had uh, the COVID sort of COVID safe um, mm-hmm. gigs that had like they'd had circles on the ground, so you had a certain amount of people in yeah, each yeah, circle yeah. and their couches and stuff." And he's like, "Oh, I'm doing my music and whatever, and I'm trying to get people to to you know get along with it and stuff and." Um, He's like, well, how do I, how do I get people 
And I think this is where Brother Lee was talking about, like, you need to do other things to mm. could, um, to engage a crowd because he was just like, well, people might not know, you, know, know your music. Yeah. Um, and he goes, if you're on a line, he was on a lineup of like seven or eight other people, mm. so you get like three, four, three or four songs. So, you know, it wasn't the biggest venue. I mean, fifteen hundred people is pretty decent. Um, pretty big. Uh, so, but yeah, it was a sort of a. I don't know. Maybe it's, I guess, a bit of entitlement. Or I don't know what it is, but some, yeah. So, like, oh, well, I, I've just got music, and no one's bopping mm. along to it. And I, I'm, I'm at the same. Like, I, I work trying to work on my stage presence a little bit more, because mm. um, I'm just like, okay, I'll just uh, black out, do my song, and I'm, okay, I haven't moved mm. anywhere, and I'm just sort of like, yeah, people resonate with what you're doing on stage. So mm. it's sort of a, I don't know, it's a difficult one. Well, it's an entirely different. It's an entirely different craft, and it's also a really hard one to just. Like when neither of us are particularly like um, go-getting social butterflies, <laughs> and both very happy How to have, both are very happy to <laughs> say I'm wrong, sir. Both happy to very uh, to spend as much time um, away from people as, as humanly yeah. possible. Um, and so it's hard. It's a hard skill to develop when you're not just out doing it. Mm. Um, luckily, that's kind of been our biggest um, boon over the last couple of years is that we started Vibunia, so we've had a chance to be on stage a lot. Um, but it's not that much. It's still yeah. not a lot of time on stage versus how much time you sit in writing versus sitting recording and blah, blah, blah. Um, some people take to it really well. Some people take to it um, as social butterflies, usually, mm. you know, like uh, especially a lot more extroverts um, take to it. While, yeah, I guess people like us who are more inclined to sit at a pen and pad for hours and hours and hours and put it down, um, that is a, it is another talent to learn but um i mean uh, it's an exciting one i think it's an exciting one and it and it and once you couple it same with like learning to then write bars once you can do it once you figure out how to you're performing it that then influences your writing mm. as well which i find really really exciting i guess that's where you learn actually why you do hooks because i didn't really write hooks either for no. my first little while um all right so <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know how to do transitions into new questions yet. But Jason. Segway. I want to talk about, because your, uh, your dearest mother is, uh, is, attending, <laughs> is attending your your rap performance on the weekend. She, yeah, she might be. She might, might be. be. She might be. She might be. She might be. Yeah, it's a 50-50. Yeah. Yes. Well, nonetheless, she is yes. in town. She has seen you. And uh, I believe she's very supportive of your, of your work. I yes. know she's very supportive of your work before she has emailed Vibe Union and said, ah, good on you for, for, uh, for encouraging my boys. That's a pretty good impression of your mama. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. Uh, it's uncanny. I can close my eyes. Worked really hard on that. Mother? Dress on! Um, nailed it. <laughs> it's that Tassie accent, yeah. So I want to ask kind of like what... What was your kind of first memory of being creative growing up and how has your upbringing uh, by your parents and living in Tassie, how has that influenced, do you think, your art forming your style? Um, good question. Uh, I think, well, actually... Thanks very much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, kudos to your hosting, hosting skills. Um, segways are amazing. Um, I think oh, growing up, there wasn't really much creativity going on. Mm. I mean, went to uh, went to school, went to a very strict school, so you know it was sort of a it was a forced creativity. It sort of like wasn't yeah, express yourself the way we want you to express, mm. sort of stuff. You know, um, <coughs> what kind of classes were you? What kind of creative classes? I were did you, like I did literally in? did creative writing, mm -hmm. um, and then when I was hit grade eleven, I 
you know, try. I, I, I can't really remember what I, yeah, I was sort of trying to write stuff, trying to change, try to get more, because um, I was reading, I, I started um, enjoying, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's short stories and the dark, you know, how it was gritty and dark and yeah. stuff. And I was like, okay, well, let's get away from my, my. You know, I think I was a grade eight. I think I, I had a competition with a friend of mine. It was like, who can write the, the longer shorts? Longer short story. Um, right, okay. It was like we had to write a short story, like it was for for class. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who could write the most words? Mm-hmm. And I think I, um, I think my from memory it was the invasion of the comic book nerds or something like that. Great. Um, and I wrote that, and you know, I used to write stupid stuff because mm-hmm. never. And then I tried to write something Edgar Allan Poe ish style, mm-hmm. like a short story, and I was like, oh, this is inappropriate. You know, I'm like, well, oh, really? you know, kind of thing. It was just it, I, I can't even remember. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, teachers weren't ah, super no, supportive. No, no. Mm, um, that's a shame. That's a whole other. That's a whole other um, thing that's nothing to do with creativity. Um, but it bleeds into like yeah, the, the, having the right teacher at the right time. Um, I did when I was in primary school. I went to a, went to a school. I did. A, I did have one teacher that was really encouraging. I wrote a story about a mouse and a lion. It sounds like a, a parable or a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was just whatever. And then the te- my teacher was like, oh, this is really good. I want you to write more. Mm. Um, and I just wrote, I wrote, I just kept writing. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I changed schools. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It takes it, the right teacher to um, mm. bring it out. And then I think, yeah, I just was, you know, I was in Tassie and I was like, okay. Um, I was just writing random poems every now and then, just mm-hmm. writing stuff. Um, I did a little bit, no, yeah, creative writing. I changed schools, and I did creative writing there, and I had to do poems and short stories, and mm. so I did some um, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this is all right, and then mm. eventually found a poetry thing in Hobart. It was like a one event that happens, yeah. and then there was the national competition. Did the national competition, failed miserably. <laughs> um, the te- the Hobart mm. heat failed miserably because I didn't really know what the mm. what it was, what I was doing. And then just, yeah, honed my skills from there, did competitions, did stuff and sort of got the scope of what people kind of want to listen to mm-hmm. and also put my little um, stuff. I think I've talked about it before on a other podcast if you want to check them out. Um, <laughs> go back and listen <laughs> yeah, to go, them I don't know which one it was. Go for it. Um, um, so, okay. So do you think it was, it was pretty self-driven, all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Because I think was, that's... Um, Extremely difficult, especially if you grow up in a in a in a um, oh my goodness an environment um, that wasn't a particularly creative one. So your parents weren't. weren't well, I didn't. I, I don't. Um, no. So my my dad my dad liked music, mm-hmm. <laughs> and most people do like music. Um, I've met some who don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trust, yeah my, I said my dad. My dad introduced me to you know like uh, Led Zeppelin and yeah. that kind of stuff, but there was no. Um, I think they tried to encourage me to do drums once, but I was like, Ugh, I'm not good. I'm not good straight off the bat, so I stopped. Yeah, um, yeah. you know that kind of. Uh, <laughs> um, sure. That's a whole other thing too. But um, yeah, no, there wasn't. I don't think they really knew that I was writing much. Interesting. Um, and then yeah, I just you know just started writing other stuff and. Mm. Um, so that first uh, foray into um, the poetry scene of um, of Tasmania, which I imagine was probably quite small. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it an encouraging kind of environment, or um, you just you kind of soldiered on through it? Because you said you lost miserably. Is yeah, the word oh, you I used. just I just had I, I I had a poem I wrote for a competition online. Yeah, it had it was specifically about 
um, the work, well, work and unions and, and that kind of stuff. Like yep. it was directly that and it was four minutes long if you read it, but the yep. competitions has to be two minutes. So I kind of butchered it down and edited it, edited yeah, okay. it, it, it and, um, and just tried to do something. And then I went up there and I talked too quick and it was just like nervous and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, it was, yeah, I think I just soldiered through it mm-hmm. um, and just did changed it up a little bit and made it a bit more. I mean, I was a bit of a whiny little brat even at 28 <laughs> when I was doing 27. I was like, eh, why uh-huh. isn't, you know, why can't I, why doesn't anyone like my poems? And I was just, you know, said mm-hmm. I was, yeah, sort of on a different podcast, um, uh, you know, I did like a poetry diss rap once, just this poem, whatever. It's not a really a thing. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm just sick of hearing the same stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually sort of got over that and, mm moved on with my life and just changed what I was writing about. So it's uh, fascinating to me um, getting to this point and like just continuously writing. I guess it's the, um, it's almost the, it's finally, funnily enough. Cause I, I had a, I had a point I was going to go towards and now you've kind of said the exact opposite of, <laughs> of my intention, which is actually great. Cause I was going to, cause um, it sounds like you've, you've, to be really dramatic and romantic about the idea of, of creativity, uh, it sounds like you're just you basically have a need um, to write. It is. It sounds like it's been one of the most continuous mm. um, things that you've done in your life. Uh, I know you used to play soccer as well a lot uh, for quite a while, but um, you can do both. You can, oh, you can absolutely do both. You, you can you can you can play sports ball and we highly and, and encourage uh, sporting people to come on down. <laughs> And um, be good sports uh, and, and tell Lol, us some poetry. There you go. Okay. Um, in fact, one of our just poetry, favorite... nothing else, just poetry. Yeah. Last week we had last week's um, last week's podcast um, was was um, Sam uh, from Talking Blue, one of our OGs. I think he's been there pretty much for the entire year, and uh, he's a football football player, an Aussie rules football player, and um, he's brought <laughs> down a few Aussie rules guys to um, to read poetry. It's been mm. great. Love to see that crossover. Um, but yeah, because I was going to say that like I feel very lucky that I've had um, I've had a lot of... Uh, I had this analogy running in my head of like being um, basically a bumper in a uh, on a pool table... Uh, not a pool table, a bumper on a um, pinball <laughs> machine, which I think is a terrible analogy. But basically like you lose momentum and you need someone to... Someone or something usually yeah. to kind of be that push. And it's very, very easy to peter out if you are not surrounded by other creatives, if yeah. you're not surrounded by have an opportunity to perform your work and to feel that encouragement. Um, and I luckily had creative parents pretty much backing me my entire life. So I never knew any other option. I didn't, I never thought for a second I would work in an office, so I never did. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but to have that self-sustaining creativity um, is... It's kind of the romantic dream of <laughs> of other creators, which is well. Which I is get, interesting. Uh, excuse me. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Self sustaining in a way, but if if I'm just thinking about it, then if I hadn't met any creatives, it would just be rapping in my room to YouTube yeah. beats, and that's where it would stop. Yeah. So yeah, you, you kind of need those mm. um, other creators around you. So I still. I mean, to this day, I still don't. I still don't know anything about anything really. Like trying to promote stuff on social media I'm terrible at I'm, I, I, I still don't know I can barely work a microphone at Talking <laughs> Blue and it's been a year uh, I still get years I was like uh, I, I need you to turn the music down so I can mm-hmm. talk in the, like and 
you've told me many times, like, I just don't want to ruin anything. Uh, so, yeah, I just said, I, I, I'm still learning. Maybe there's um, other things going on there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's sort of a... We won't so psychoanalyze you too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that podcast. Um, it actually kind of is. This is like, that's uh, all vibe eating podcasts. Um, yes. <laughs> um, how do you feel about it? No, yeah, so it's sort mm -hmm. of a... Um, st yeah, still, still learning the other stuff. I said, mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I still... Uh, yeah, I think having someone give me beats and whatnot mm. sort of like at the next level of from YouTube beats to now yeah, onto yeah, someone yeah. and it gives you that bit more of motivation. Um, yeah. Cause like, yeah, writing, you can write, you can write whatever you want, but like music, you, you can't really, you can publish poems, you can publish a novel. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to publish a song even unless you record it and release it sort of thing. Yeah. So mean, sort of uh, you need to, you know. I would argue that it's, um, I think that's. I think that would be like a bit of a um, just a, pers a perspective thing because, like, to me, publishing a book seemed so absurd, and then um, we looked into it, and you just did it, and now you've got a book coming out, and so I was like, oh, right, that makes sense. It's actually the same as doing music because for me, publishing music is something that I just I essentially yeah, yeah. do every day now. Now I'm posting on on Instagram. Um, uh, and TikTok, follow me around music. And, oh, are, uh, you are you talking about the Sky Daddy uh, poems and lyrics books that's coming out? With I am yeah, yeah, yeah. talking oh, about the Sky Daddy poems and uh, lyrics books coming out. <laughs> it's already on Amazon. Uh, I've actually Links sold, in I've, description. Yeah, I'm somewhere. Um, I've sold three books actually. Really? Yeah, two, uh, two e no two, one ebook and two um, hard copies. So I amazing. And but I they're not. They're very cheap, so I, the revenue I get is not a lot. Uh, That's not the point. The yeah, point exactly. is getting it out to yeah. the people. Um, we need to hear But it was before words. they were fully edited, so I'm like, I hope no one's disappointed that... Uh, oh, um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Ah, it's fine. I'm sure. Um, you get what you pay for. Now, um, and you, you, did the, you did the art, the cover, the artwork? Uh, <laughs> I swear this wasn't supposed to be just self-plugs for myself, but it has turned into that. Um, yes, I also did the graphics for it. Yes, Sky Daddy. <laughs> I like... I, I, I Googled it. I, I looked it up on Amazon the other day. Mm -hmm. I typed in Sky Daddy, and it's like the third one down and it's just two erotic mm. novels before that because it has the word daddy in it. So I was like... <laughs> what are the other two novels? I don't remember. Just, I don't know. It's just like maybe, yeah. Uh, Ooh, juicy. I want to find I mean, out. yeah. So I was just like... And then, then, then my book was there. I was like, cool. Mm. And then and I'm like, oh, yes, I wrote this description because there's spelling mistakes in it. I'm like, I didn't edit. I'm like, Ugh. Um, But yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, the publishing a book. I mean, yeah, I think to me there's a difference between self-publishing and... Like course, having a publisher course. being like, oh, we want, yeah, yeah, yeah. we want your shit. We'll, we'll. But to the audience, they have no idea. Yeah, it was, no idea. it was definitely not self-published. Um. <laughs> you can say self-published, but yeah, it's, um, it's like the first time when, um, when we, when I was working in cafes and stuff like that and, uh, and people would be like, oh, what do you do outside of this? And I say, I'm a musician. Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Have you like got anything on Spotify or anything? And like, oh yeah. I got like loads of stuff on Spotify. I'm like what? You got stuff on Spotify? Spotify. How do you get stuff on Spotify? Well, it's like you just pay a pretty measly amount of money, and you just get you get your blue tick, and you get your stuff on Spotify. It's very very easy. But to the average consumer, people yeah, are like, like, "Oh wow, you've yeah. actually you've actually done some." I was stuff. like, "This is really witchcraft. Cool. Don't know what's going on." Yeah, um, um, it's very very easy. If anyone's out there who wants to release music and or books, um, <laughs> just Google it, man. It's very 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 simple. Um, okay, so you're. <clears throat> You had that kind of self-sustaining mentality, but now you are meeting new people and you're using that to get to the next level, which I think that's, that is how you do it. It is all connections. That's why mm. any of us are doing what we're doing is because of Vibe Union, um, essentially. Um, but 
on the horizon, we have seen little bits of success. Well, over the, over the past two years, we keep seeing little bits of success. We keep seeing these levels up. Um, and now, as we can see on the kind of, we can see like grant money is a possibility and stuff mm. like this. We can see bigger acts are a possibility. Um, and we start to see them, oh, hang on, maybe this is going to be self-sustaining. Um, maybe this is actually, potentially, we're going to see some some success for ourselves as well. So going from that kind of transition, not only from, yeah, so you were saying like you could be rapping on tight beats in your bedroom mm. and then you go to rapping on stage mm. and then maybe you go to the point of like, oh, maybe you're selling enough books, maybe you're rapping enough, maybe you are doing all these things that you are actually living off your creativity. Mm. That is a huge transition from oh, yeah. that. And the mentality, I think, is very different. How do you feel about being potentially... Um, Turning your creativity that you've been doing for the longest time out of anything else you do, how do you feel about that potentially turning into Ooh. your income and your job? I mean, good. Uh, um, no, I think I think I I think we've we've also touched on this on other podcasts as well in sure. the, in, in the past. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's sort of the main goal for any. Well, I don't think it. I won't say it should be, but it kind of mm. seems like the main goal for anyone that is trying to pursue mm. is, is doing this kind of thing. Like, uh, it, it, I mean, some people just do it for fun. Some people just want to get up on stage and stuff. But mm. if, you're doing, if you're putting that much effort into it, um, I don't so – my mentality is you see, as, see how far you can go with whatever, mm. whatever endeavor you, you, um, you do. So like I said, um, I used to play uh, soccer or football. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I um, – Played over. I played in Canada. I played in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, I played in Tassie as well. So like, I've all, the, all the biggest, all the all, the all the big places. <laughs> um, you know, like I, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was the knee, bad knee. No, um, things just didn't work out. Mm. But you know, I tried, and then okay, well, I'll just now, um, I'll go for. I'll, I'll try something else, and now I'm trying this. So mm. I don't think I actually have answered the question, but um, it's more of an exploration. Yeah, no, I think yeah. Uh, but you know, I think, yeah, the ultimate goal is to live off. I mean, live comfortable, comfortable. Live, live, you know, mm. pay bills and stuff off. Have a disposable income off the your creativity. That mm. would be the main goal. Mm. Um, I said, uh, I think I said, yeah, I said before, like, it doesn't have to be millions and millions of dollars. But no. you know, um, yeah, to be a successful um, artist or creative person is to have. I say to be able to. Pay bills and then have in, uh, disposable income afterwards. That would mm-hmm. be the that would be to me would be a successful artist. So yeah. whatever that I think that's whatever the very that is definition of it. Yeah, I've just been, it's been on my mind of um of the, maybe the past few months about like figuring out that because um, we think about um you know when you're when you're starting out as an artist you are always thinking about. Uh, big dreams. You're thinking of like, oh man, I'm going to perform. One day I'm going to perform on the biggest stages on the planet. I'm going to be rapping to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and it's going to be great. And I can't wait. I'm going to meet all the greats. I'm going to meet Kendrick Lamar and he's going to say, hello. And it's going to be amazing. But in the past six months as we start to build and build and build and build what we're doing, mm. we start to look at more of the... Um, the work side of things and more importantly like the lifestyle of going out to events and working long long hours and all doing all this kind of stuff and starting to think more about like okay what what is um 
the, the, the idea of success is usually so inflated, so again romanticized, yeah. compared to perhaps the actual more likely possibility of just putting in like a lot, a lot of hours and work for um, for potentially very little, maybe mm. livable, maybe livable, but mm. maybe not a lot. Um, when this is also something that is something that we feel like we are inherently going to do anyway. And it becomes a part of you to write every single day. To ex- mm. That's how we express ourselves. And, uh, like for me, I don't know, for yourself, I assume it's kind of similar. This is how we communicate with humans. <laughs> this is how we actually express ourselves to people because maybe sometimes we're not the best at expressing ourselves to people. True. Um, and, yeah, I'm always curious about like that, that uh, turning this expression, this creativity into potentially a job. Some people get scared of sucking the life out of it. But some people also they get very very excited mm-hmm. by the prospect of just doing it every day to a professional level. Yeah, actually, I never thought about that. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, some people might get that. Well, yeah, burnout. No, I wouldn't say burnout, but yeah, sucking mm. the life out of. Um, yeah, turning it, turning it corporate, selling out, or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, depends on the person, I guess. But I, yeah, I don't. For me personally, I don't think. Um, like, if I'm doing, if I get. If I am able to support myself with what I'm doing now, then I don't think that I'd I'd be sucking the life out of anything because mm. that that's enjoyable. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I've, but also, it opens up. Like, yeah, you know, where if you get famous enough, you can you can explore and experiment with mm. other albums or whatever. You know, people are you've afforded that liability, and people you know people. Do a, I don't know, some, do a jazz album or something mm. when they're not like it's kind of things. Like, oh, I just want to do this. it's a passion project, and then I'll go back to what they normally do, or they'll mm. try something. Um, you know, I think Eminem did something a couple of years ago, and everyone hated it. Mm-hmm. And he came back and tried something else. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a, but you you can do that because okay, well, that is absolutely. The I failed on that, and then you move on. So mm. yeah, the music is so broad that you can mm. okay. I'm going to do a. I'm I'm more of a lyrical person, but now I'm going to do a trap album just for the sake of it, you know. Mm. And then I think that's definitely like the biggest goal for me, and I assume it's very similar for most. Is um, being a successful creative just means you get to be creative more with bigger projects. Actually, just, I just want bigger it, yeah. budgets. I just want bigger budgets yeah. so I can pay more people to do more yeah. things. Um, that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. So to wrap today up, I think let's just have a, one more little touch on the. New EP that is coming out, yes. Sky Daddy, and it is being launched at Cactus Bar. I hope your phone is okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> not Cactus Bar, Cactus Room. Yeah, I always call it Cactus yeah. uh, Cactus Room in Thornbury. Um, <laughs> do you want to run us through real quick? Now, it will have actually already happened by the time this yes. podcast releases, but run us through what it is going to be because it's not your usual hip-hop gig. Yeah, um, I, think it's, I think it's a bit of indicative of uh, something I'd put on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my first, obviously, first ever... Um, EP, first ever EP launch, obviously, and um, first ever real thing that I'm headlining, mm-hmm. headlining um, alongside alongside uh, Dilly Dave, the Milky Bar Kid, um, and uh, opening for us is uh, Kudos, mm-hmm. um, who I've only just met mm-hmm. recently. Uh, which, good boy. Yeah, he's not, not, nice guy, Great nice guy. Um, he's good. Come, uh, no, I was going to say come along, but yeah, retrospectively, uh, <laughs> it was an amazing night. Um, yeah, no, so it's, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's what? The Sky Daddy and the Milky Bar Kid um, presents a space rap rodeo. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, not a, it's not a rap performance, it's a rap experience. Yes. Um, 
Uh, what's the tagline? The beat is the ball. How long can you hold on for? How long can uh, you ride? Or ride something on, like that? yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you can. Um, the beat is the ball. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, we've. I think yeah. Dil, uh, Dilly had um, when he did his EP. Mm-hmm. He's obviously had this. Um, he had this thing, a theme to his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, whereas I was just like, I'm just going to write songs. Yeah. And. Um, and put it on an EP. The, the, uh, initially, was never. Uh, it just happened. We were releasing basically the same time, mm. and then you, you and Dilly come up with the idea of well, one of you or both of you. Can't remember. Okay, one of them. Um, someone uh, came up with the idea of why don't you just release it on the same night, have yeah. a performance, and well, okay, and then um, we just sort of fleshed the idea out from there, and it's sort of, uh, yeah, it's a, it's sort of a narrative-driven story rap EP launch, sort of thing it's um without giving too much away it's already happened <laughs> yeah um no but, but yeah. yeah so like D- dilly had a uh dilly had a whole narrative to his mm-hmm. uh to his ep and um weirdly coincidentally my my song seemed to fit in with that mm. narrative in a in a in a in a way that makes sense which is weird <laughs> um because yeah he uh, and the best thing is he, him and i have completely different styles mm-hmm. And but I think it kind of works in a way because it kind of they keep audiences guessing or on their toes. It just mm-hmm. sort of um, yeah, it gives us a gives the in um, yeah, it's that performance thing. It's sort of a it's a changing changing narrative and environment of mm-hmm. the night. So mm. I guess um, we have, funnily enough, created a quite a hook. Quite uh, what uh, the entry point is um, cardboard cutouts. And a, re- and a rodeo, space rap rodeo mm. theme. So people are already going to be like, what is this? Yeah. And then the music can kind of speak for itself at that point. Which True, really yeah. Um, so if you unfortunately missed it, deeply, deeply apologize for that. But <laughs> there is a uh, recap video coming out, which will be um, on this channel, Vibe Union uh, channel, Vibe Union on YouTube, unless you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever else it is. Uh, but yeah, catch that. But most importantly is catch uh, Jason and Dilly Dave and myself um, performing these tracks around Melbourne where there'll be plenty more gigs coming up. We're still doing stuff. Um, yeah, this is this has been the Vibe Union Podcast. Um, please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all the things. Check out vibeunion.com.au. That is in the description. Um, that is where we do... That's where we host all this stuff. We've got the podcast there. We've got our events We've got places you can hire people that work with us. Oh, man, there's all kinds of stuff there. There's a blog that we have an update for a little while, but that's all right. Check it out anyway. Um, there's lots of good stuff. We're doing stuff all the time. And if you want to get involved, if you want to be on the podcast, if you want to be on some events, some tracks, what have you, if you want to do something we can help facilitate, hit us up, vibeunion.com.au. I think that is probably how I end podcasts. I can't think of anything else that we would need to say. I have been Wrath. Jason, is there anything that uh, you would like to plug or say to the Vibe Union community to end the show with? No. <laughs> um, no, I think I think you've you've said it all. Terrible marketing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Follow Vibe Union. It's where all the information is. Yeah. Um, and check uh, out Jason's EP yeah, and his book. Um, Sky Daddy. Where can they find it? Um, my Instagram. Great. What um, is your Instagram? Username unknown Jason. User dot. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. It, <laughs> it's, it's all in the description. Yeah, it's all in there. Link and, in the um, description. 
I don't think you need to put the dots. I don't, uh, I don't know. We'll, um, do a, we'll do a blog post. About yeah, it's, uh, there's all that stuff. and Or you just look up Sky Daddy on uh, Amazon and see what the other results are as well. It's, uh, <laughs> Buy them it, all. It, it's nice that poetry and my <laughs> poems and lyrics are in with uh, erotica. It's... Uh, I think that's it's, only, it's only fitting your yeah, very actually, sexy that makes boy. It, <laughs> that's, that's the way we finish it. That's right. a bumper. I'm a sexy boy. Vibe union, baby. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Rath. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Oh.